Welcome to the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast, where we go beyond the doctor's office and take a closer look at the programs that Eskenazi Health has to offer our patients and the communities we serve. My name is Brian Van Bocklin with the public affairs team at Eskenazi Health. Today in studio, we have Courtney Leeper, uh, Master, Master of Science in Nursing, a registered nurse and uh, international board certified lactation consultant who is also lactation manager here with Eskenazi Health. Did I get all of that in, Courtney? I know it's a mouthful. It, but yeah, it's yeah. alphabet yeah. soup. And it's like, I, I go through the letters like, okay, smarter than me, smarter than me. Way, I'm about to be humiliated by this It makes this me person. sound a lot more important than <laughs> I, I probably am in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, you got it all right. Um, so you're with the the Family Beginnings and Baby Friendly. Uh, so we're going to talk about Family Beginnings and the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative uh, here at Eskenazi Health. But before we jump into it, easiest question, more about your background, how long you've been here, all of that stuff. Well, first, I just want to say thank you for having me today um, to be able to talk about our baby-friendly hospital initiative um, and what it means for Eskenazi Health and our patients. I've been a registered nurse for the past 12 years and a lactation consultant for about the last four. I've worked in various settings that kind of have brought me to this point, um, including I worked labor and delivery. I worked with um, home visiting for first-time moms with Nurse Family Partnership. Um, I also worked at the um, State Department of Health as the state breastfeeding coordinator and then within Marion County as the women, infants and children breastfeeding coordinator as well. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I thought you were done. So I was going to ask a follow up. So no, please keep going. No, I was going to say, and I've actually only been here at Eskenazi for the past several months um, since August. So um, so my role here at Eskenazi really is to um, help promote our baby friendly hospital initiative, as well as um, look at our um quality metrics within our family beginnings unit. So that includes our NICU, um, as well as our labor and delivery postpartum um, units as well, um, just to try to make sure that we are serving our clients in the best way we know how. So how do you, what's the career path to land with your current certification? How do you start at point A and then end up in a specialization of lactation? What is there a, a calling for you for that? Or is it a, and wow, here I am. Yeah. Um, so obviously getting into nursing, um, I have a long family history of nurse. My grandma was a nurse. My mom was a nurse. And I actually have two sisters who are also nurses. So as far as that goes, um, it's kind of a family business, I would say. Um, and then the lactation consultant piece of that um, really stemmed from my own experience as a mom. I have an eight-year-old and an almost six-year-old um, and just learning to, um, to feed them. And I wanted to be able to support other moms doing that as well. Uh, so we're, we're here to talk about the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative. What is it? <laughs> yes, uh, great question. Um, so the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative is a global initiative that was started by the World Health Organization and UNICEF back in 1991. It's really a way to promote and protect um, and encourage best practices for um, infant feeding. With the amount of research out there, um, when we want to promote best practices for infant feeding, we do want to promote breastfeeding. Um, again, globally, it's the recognized way that we um, feed our babies, optimal nutrition for all infants. Um, and so we really are striving to do that here at Eskenazi now. So um, again, just thinking about what the hospital um, is doing for that, we want to be able to provide that timely support and resources for moms um, and for families to just empower them in feeding their babies. Again, even with this massive amount of evidence for breastfeeding, um, we know that 82% of women start breastfeeding and by six months, only about 25% are still breastfeeding um, exclusively, which is kind of that gold standard by the American Academy of Pediatrics to be able to feed your baby. 
So what we know by these numbers is that moms want to breastfeed their babies, but it's the support we provide and the resources that we give that are really the most important. So within the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative, that's what we're trying to do here as a hospital and as a network. So um, what are some of those resources that you do provide to help mothers with that? Yeah. So within that, again, within the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative, we're really trying to put practices in place that are going to support moms. So um, we want to start in the prenatal period. We want to be able to support them with um, education just to be able to determine how they want to feed their baby. So we want to give them all the information to be able to breastfeed um, and make that decision easy for them. Um, And then within the hospital, you know, we want to again, support those practices that we have. Um, So things like immediate skin to skin for babies, um, being able to offer them immediate support with our lactation team. We have an amazing lactation team here at the hospital um, who can really support that. Um, And then on the outside of that, connecting with community resources. So a lot of times moms just need cheerleaders to be able to breastfeed their babies. They need somebody who's telling them you're doing a great job. Here's how I can help you. And just, you know, to continue doing that. Um, And so we want to connect them with those resources, not only in our Eskenazi clinics with our pediatricians and our staff there, but also with programs like Women, Infants, and Children um, who offer a really robust uh, breastfeeding program as well. So you just mentioned like kind of almost serving as like a cheerleader to it. Can you go into a little more depth as to what some of the issues that you see that why someone would need a cheerleader for for lactation and breastfeeding and all of that? What are what are some of the situations you, that our patients are finding that, or any patient finds themselves in? So I think it has to do a lot with just parenting in general. Breastfeeding is just a part of that. So with parenting, I think um, there's this culture within parenting to be the best parent that you want to be. And I think every parent who, anybody who has ever been a parent um, wants that. And so when it comes, to, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as parents to be able to be the best we can be. Mm-hmm. And so having somebody who's there and supporting you um, when you're feeling like you're not enough or you're not doing enough um, or things aren't going well, like with breastfeeding in particular um, in this setting, having somebody tell you you are doing enough, you are doing what you need to do. These are the reasons why um, everything's going fine with breastfeeding um, is really um, empowering to moms to be able to just know. Again, from personal experience, I would have to text my lactation consultant every single day. I had a friend who was a lactation consultant every single day while I was feeding my baby. Is this normal? Is this fine? Is Are things going okay? And I just needed somebody to tell me that, yes, those things are fine. So again, a lot of times women stop breastfeeding is because of um, they don't feel like they have enough milk or they don't feel like the baby likes it or they don't they have to go back to work. And so having somebody again to cheer you on and to help you figure that out is really pivotal to be able to continue and meet those goals. And it's interesting that you brought that up about having to go back to work and, and we're, we're going to get into what goes on here at Eskenazi in a second. But do people have a fear that they're going to have to go back to work and their kid's going to go without food or that I, I are, are there not many places that offer lactation rooms? What are some of those those issues that, that people are dealing with? Yeah, it's definitely a big fear of when I go back to work, what is that going to look like? So we know also that a lot of our patients probably end up going back to work sooner than, than we would like. Again, I know I was very privileged to be able to have those three months off, um, but we know a lot of our clients sometimes are going back after two weeks. And so there is a lot of fear that I'm not going to have enough milk stocked up in my freezer or my baby is going to go hungry because I am not there to feed them. And so a lot of moms will go into having their babies by saying, well, I've got to go back to work so I can't breastfeed. 
Um, so there is a lot of fear with that. And I would say that comes down to, again, supportive practices within um, within the workplace. So things like having those spaces where they can pump, talking to them about how, you know, when before they even go on leave, about how they're going to be supported when they come back. So it's just kind of normalizing that within the workplace. I think that would really change the way that we we look at that. And moms will have less fear and less stress when they do have to come back to work. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of bouncing around on all these right now. What do you say to someone who is struggling in the sense that I guess, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, biologically it's not working, you know? Mm. Um, is that common? Do people just... Believe it or not, his own experience with my my son's mom, um, and it just it just didn't work. So, like, is that something that we see, or is that like, no, we just need to like un you know un unplug and fix the blockage, and out it comes? Or do some people just it just doesn't work? So some people it does it. You know, there's there are different things that can cause it to not work. So um, really, breastfeeding and producing breast milk is run on hormones. So if your hormones are, are slightly off or something happened during your labor that maybe has created a, a you know more of an issue with producing milk, there are those things that happen. Honestly, they happen a lot less than we hear them um, happening, hear about them happening, I'm sorry. Um, and so one of the a lot of the things that we hear when women say that they can't breastfeed or were unable to um, is a lot of things that we could have helped with with support. Um, and so, for instance, when moms say they don't have enough milk, maybe that was something that we could have helped up with up front. If they say it was too painful for them, again, that's something we could have helped with um, if they had enough support in those moments. There are going to be some moms who choose not to. There are going to be some moms who try and they decide it's not for them. And I think in those moments, we have to remember that any amount of breast milk is good for babies. So, and that should be celebrated. So when I hear moms say, you know, I only breastfed for two days or I only breastfed for a month or, you know, I just couldn't do it you still celebrate and you still say, you know, you did a really great job um, in doing that and providing that for your baby and working really hard on that. So again, it comes back to how are we empowering and supporting parents um, in those moments too. Formula, unfortunately, is expensive. It is. <laughs> um, it was, it's essentially a whole other, another month of daycare per month, just in, mm -hmm. just in formula. It was, it, it was crazy. So let's talk about, um, oh, another thing with, with the, um, uh, baby friendly hospital initiative. Is this something, is, is this just kind of part of the service that everyone gets or is this somewhere they have to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm the mother has to know I'm going to need some help. Can someone come and see me in like a consultation or anything like that? How does, how does that work? So everybody who comes to Eskenazi should be should be expecting these same practices. Honestly, whether they choose to breastfeed or formula feed their baby, we do skin to skin with all babies, uh, no matter how they deliver their babies. We do the same education for breastfeeding during the prenatal period. We give them the same resources when they leave the hospital. Um, I will say that it is the expectation that all of our nurses who are on our family beginnings unit and in our NICU do support breastfeeding um, and that they, they know how to offer that support. Um, in addition to that, we do have lactation consultants within the hospital. We have um, mostly 24-7 coverage for lactation consultants. And so for the more complicated issues, we have those experts there to be able to provide that service. So yes, um, everybody who needs a consult it would get one here in the hospital. And now we can move on to the part about how Eskenazi is, is focused on the, the wellness and the livelihood of our, our employees and our co-workers here. And this, uh, the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative, it's it's also for employees. And can you go into more in depth as to how it's, it's offered to employees of Eskenazi Health? 
Yeah, well, first off, we know a lot of our employees, when they do have their babies, they deliver here or they have family members who deliver here. And so um, just being able to support them and their families during their experience is a big part of that as well. Um, But I think we would be really missing the mark as a hospital if we were only focused on our patients and not just our employees. So um, with that, when I came into this position, it was... I noticed that we did not actually have any policies about lactation breaks and being able to do that when you return to work. And so being able to offer those resources to our employees to know that when they do come back from maternity leave, that they are going to be able to have a place to pump um, and that they are going to have those protections to do that as well. I don't think it was, you know, an oversight or a lack of support because our HR department, since I've been in conversation with them, has been incredibly supportive of putting these policies in place and making sure we have spaces. Um, I think it was... It's just something that doesn't maybe come up as often. And so, again, people feel like they can't take that time to pump at work for different reasons. So these policies will be in place to, again, kind of normalize that in this space that, you know, when you come back, you're going to be supported in this. Um, You're going to have a place to express your milk if you need it. And we will make sure that it's accessible for you and that, um, you know, it's something that you are not going to stress as much about because you're going to know that you're supported when you come back. Um, It's interesting that you said that there were no policies because we have the lactation rooms all over. And I just figured C room must be policy, you know, if they're there. So that's interesting that you said that there that there isn't because. Yeah, I I don't know what's in the lactation rooms. I've never been in one, but um, that would I, make sense. Yeah, I was like, they're they're over there. I don't know. I don't know what's in there. Um, so that that's really interesting that there was actually no formal policy. I I just kind of I just figured that yeah, it was. So can we go into what what we what we provide? Like, what's a fair? I really hope I'm getting the wording right on all this stuff. So I guess what's a fair policy if someone is going back to work and is like, I'm going to need to, I'm going to need time to go and pump. And their boss says, well, I I can give you 10 minutes every five hours. That's just arbitrary numbers. Is that, is that enough? Or like what, what is a fair, I guess, lactation policy? So thankfully, we have some um, guidance from the federal government as well as our state government. They actually have policies in place that um, do guarantee that they that they should be able to come back to work and express their milk. Um, the federal law says that any company that has over um, 50 employees ha- is required to provide this space for moms returning to work. Um, in the state of Indiana, we take that one step further and we say 25 employees or more. And so there's a little additional support there. And that's up until your baby is one year old. So it's very, um, uh, there's not a lot of detail in it, but it does provide us at least that base. Um, And so when they come here to Eskenazi, uh, we want to make sure, again, that's what a schedule that's going to work for them because we want to make sure that they are able to, again, produce enough milk. And the way to produce enough milk is to be able to remove milk um, when you are pumping. And so typically um, the way to do that, babies tend to feed, you know, eight times a day or more times a day. So that comes out to be about every three hours. So we want parents ideally to be able to pump every three or four hours, um, really kind of based on their needs. Some moms can go longer between pumps. Some um, maybe need to go, you know, every two and a half hours, just depending. Um, And so the idea of the policy is really to help them have that conversation with their um, supervisor to be able to find what works for them. So not to lay out completely rigid recommendations, um, but to be able to make it so that they can feel like they can customize it to what they need. Um, And so if they are pumping every three hours, um, typically it's a 15 to 20 minute time period is what we usually recommend. 
again, it's, it's very customizable to what the mother needs. Um, and so within that, you know, the policy will have language about if they have breaks, you know, being able to take those, take it during their normal break times, um, or over a lunch period. And so they'd be able to do that as well. So it's just, again, making it something that works for them, um, and really encouraging supervisors to be able to, again, customize that with them, um, based on, um, the areas in which the employee works. So while, so I am positive that this is all stuff that you talk directly with the patients, but so I'm a patient right now. I, cause I want to get into the nitty gritty of how, how this stuff works. I'm getting ready to go back to work. How do I, obviously it's a machine and yeah, but so tell me how, how you store breast milk. Explain to me how this works. So explain to you, like you are getting ready to go I'm, back to I'm work. Get, I'm going back and... to work and I'm going to get my lactation breaks, but obviously my kid is not at work with me and I don't want this stuff to go bad. How, how does it, how, how does it work? Yeah. So typically when you, um, if you're pumping every three hours, you will go and like I said, pump for 15 to 20 minutes while you're in the room. Again, it is a machine that you, that mm-hmm. you can use. And a lot of times through insurance, you can get a breast pump now too, which is something again, that's really been, uh, really beneficial for our, our patients, um, who are going back to work. Um, I know again, I truly benefited from that. So that was great. Um, and so, when you are done pumping after your 15 to 20 minutes, um, at that point you can store it, um, in the fridge while you're at work. Some people will actually bring their own little coolers. Um, and within that cooler with a good ice pack, it can last for 24 hours. So really it can last in that for your whole day until you get home. Um, you can put it in a refrigerator, um, as well And the refrigerator. When you, um, do that, it's good for up to four days. Um, it's good in the freezer for, um, four to six months and in a deep freezer, actually all the way up to a year. So typically you can store it in, in many different containers most there are actual milk storage bags that you can put it in um you know moms will label it they'll label it with a date and time and then they'll be able to have that at home and kind of determine what is best for them to store it but thankfully again you can bring your own little cooler and have that um ideally we would have uh, refrigerators um, that are specific for milk storage either in those lactation rooms or on our units or wherever they might be a lot of times that doesn't happen so again a lot of moms just bring their own coolers for that so it's like as long as you don't leave it out on the counter, it'll stay longer than cow's milk. It'll yeah. stay good longer. And I will actually tell you on the counter, it's actually even good for four hours. Just really? Out, yep. At room temperature. Because um, breast milk, what's really awesome about it is that it has so many antibodies and, um, and antimicrobials that really do prevent it from getting anything in it that's going to cause a problem. Um, and so unlike formula where you can't leave it sitting out like that necessarily for that long, you know, you make a bottle, you're supposed to dispose of it within an hour. Um, breast milk is very different because again, it has its own protective factors even for itself. Uh, is there anything we haven't, because we've gone all over. So is there anything that we haven't hit on that we want to make sure that we, we touch on and talk about here? So typically, one one kind of myth I want to usually bust with uh, the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative. People hear about that and they, you know, obviously it is very much promoting best infant feeding practices and how do we support breastfeeding and human milk feeding. What I would like to say is that it is not um, a way to shame moms who choose to formula feed or moms who feel like they weren't able to formula feed. Um, it's, a again, a way to promote what we know is best practice, just like we do with diabetes, just like we do with high blood pressure. We want to be able to promote what is 
best based on the research in those situations. And breastfeeding and breast milk is optimal nutrition for all babies. And so the goal is to be able to provide them with as much information. And then still, it's always up to the parent to be able to make the decision for what works best for them. So it's not our way of saying you have to do this. It's not our way of saying you're not going to get formula when you're in the hospital if you choose to formula feed. Um, It's our way of saying that we are here to support you. And again, like I said, the numbers really indicate that moms want to breastfeed. It's how we support them that where we really fall short. So that's what we're aiming to do. And it's really too bad how you see some mothers who, if they don't do it exactly perfectly right, they think that they have failed. And I, and I think that's, that's what we need to try that initiatives like this do a great job of saying, no, this is, you're, everything's going to be fine. And, you know, but you know, this is, we're, we're here to support you. And I, and I think it's, it's really great. And I want to just thank you for coming in and talking to us. And uh, is, is there any way, is there anything we want to promote through the website or is this just one of those things that, Hey, if you come to Eskenazi health to have your baby, this is just going to be offered to you. So hopefully in the next, uh, within this next year, we're actually going to finish the designation process. It's a whole, um, you know, obviously change process within the hospital that we've been working on for the past several years. This year, we should have our assessors out to actually be able to designate us as a baby-friendly hospital. Um, and so with that, there will be a lot of information. I'm, there will be, you know, all everything will be put out there at that time, kind of, of what services are, you know, um, available here at Eskenazi for that. Um, and parents really do, you know, when they are researching hospitals, they really do look for that. So I think Eskenazi will see that that they get this increase of patients because that's what patients want as well. And they want to feel supported. So at that time, a lot of that will come out. I'd say one of the best things you can do is just word of mouth at this point too. So just being able to pass that on to, you know, people that you know, people who are looking for where they want to deliver and knowing that we have those practices in place, I think is, is really helpful. Is there a, uh, this just popped in, is there a go-to like pep talk that you have for mothers? Like what's that, what's that go-to piece of advice that you always have on the ready for, for one of your patients or someone you're working with? Uh, uh, it literally changes all the time depending <laughs> on the mom. Um, and, and really what she's, you know, what she's most worried about, mm-hmm. but I think is, I think the, the goal that you really want to set up in that for, for parents is that you know, I am a parent too. This is not always going to be easy, but it is something that's always going to be worth it. And you, some days you're going to feel like I didn't do as well as I, as I would have hoped. And then you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to try again, um, regardless of what that is. So just taking it one moment at a time, sometimes, especially when you're in the trenches with a new baby and you're, you're working to breastfeed that baby, um, take it a day at a time, take it a feeding at a time, um, and reach out for help when you need it. Yeah, you see so many people that they're just like, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be great. It's got And if it's not, and I, I, I had one conversation with, with someone and obviously I have no skills. I have no knowledge or anything. And I was like, here's the thing about parenting. When it boils down, sometimes you have to be able to go to bed and say, you know what? Everyone's alive and in bed. And I'm going to take that as a win right now. I've, I've won the day because everybody is good right now. No, it wasn't the greatest day ever, but you know what? We're, it's, fine. We're going to wake up tomorrow and the sun will still come up and all that. And we're going to try again. We're going to see what happens tomorrow. Exactly. Thanks a lot for coming in. Courtney Leeper uh, with the uh, Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative here at Eskenazi Health. Uh, You can find more about this in any of our uh, other programs and anything at Eskenazi Health at EskenaziHealth.edu. Also, you can check out all of our podcasts at Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Find us on all the social channels. And we'll talk to you guys next time on the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast.